Okay, ready? Welcome to Cinema Q, where we chat all things film and faith through our lens as storytellers and as a creative married duo. I'm Ian McHugh, filmmaker, actor, and writer with over 10 years in the industry. And I'm India, photographer and actress. Together, we discuss the art of filmmaking and review what we're watching, all to discover what should go next in your Cinema Q. Let's do it. Let's go. Welcome. Hello. Welcome back to Cinema Q. I'm still India. Still Ian. And this is, we're almost to double digits. We're getting there. We're yes. getting there. But thanks for sticking with us. This um, is our eighth episode. It is. We're excited. This yeah. has been such a fun ride. And we have a very, very eclectic film to mm-hmm. digest with you guys today. We do have some more kernels coming your way. But for today, what do we have, India? We have the Academy Award winner. Everything, Everything, everywhere, everywhere, all all at at once. once. And we're so pumped to go through this film and talk about what we liked and what we didn't like. Mm -hmm. And we haven't communicated about our thoughts yet. We have not. Uh, A few uh, grunts and laughs and that's about it. Of course. And speaking of everything, everywhere, all at once, I want to do my B-Real on our (laughs) podcast. So y'all say cheese. Sponsor us, B-Real. Cute. Amazing. And with that, let's dive in. Where to begin with this one? I, I think that is a good question for anyone everywhere always watching this is to ask every question everywhere all the time. At every point of time. At yes. every point of time. So where do you want to begin? Um, <sighs> do, overall thoughts? Because uh, obviously this has so many accolades. This has so like the most respect and highest awards yes. in the community, right? Yes. So if you haven't caught up yet, Everything Everywhere All at Once was named the best picture at the Oscars this year and took home, I believe, 11 awards total. Spoiler alert. Which is huge. It also took home a Golden Globe Award for best picture. So this had been like kind of circulating and like whispered to be maybe the winner this year. And Mm -hmm. then it was in the award season. So one of the things Mm -hmm. I wanted to talk about today was actually the groupthink around this movie because I wonder how much of it played into the accolades and I think that kind of every award season we can all ask those questions is like how much of this is the academy this like anonymous group of filmmakers all saying this was a good movie without talking to each other without knowing who each other is versus how much is the buzz how much is it socially like, oh, everyone on Twitter loves this film or this really did great at Sundance or... And if it doesn't win awards, then everyone's going to revolt. Exactly, like- exactly. So I absolutely don't want this to make it sound like the awards weren't justified, but it was such an eclectic film. If you're not familiar, it's a sci-fi thriller, karate action. Time travel, universe jumping. It is pretty much what the title says it is, but it was also quite a lot and quite a unique film to be nominated for best picture when the rest were dramas with the exception of avatar so that said groupthink played into i think at least the buzz around it and we watched it we actually started watching it before the oscars and then we didn't end up finishing it because we were like camping and we didn't have a service um we didn't end up finishing it until afterwards so going into finishing it I had that in my head is like this already won best picture. Does it live up when I think if I would have watched it before we knew I would have been in a different place and be able to be like, oh, this is just such a crazy cool film and not have that pressure. So I don't Mm. know how you felt about that, too. Yeah, uh, it's it's weird because there are some things that I have not watched that have had a lot of buzz around them and most of them don't disappoint. But some of them I'm like, why? Why does this have it like? Is is the talk around this film just because it's so different? Is it because it's so good? Is it good because it's different? Because it's it's entirely like it's so difficult to be unique in filmmaking and storytelling and all of that anymore. And so like, why are people talking about this? And then because most of that buzz around it was good buzz. Yeah. Does that play into it? And I don't know. I don't know. Um, it's hard to know with the order we watched it in too. Absolutely. Because yeah, you watched a little more of it before I did because I fell asleep while camping out in the middle of the rocks in the middle of nowhere. We're literally in Joshua Tree and this man's sleeping. So we can't get yeah. mad. <laughs> and I, I genuinely climbed a boulder in the dark to get one bar of service to get enough to re-access Amazon Prime where we had the film so we could watch it. Like it, it was... I almost... I, I risked my life, y'all, to finish this film yes. and we didn't get to until we got back. Yes. That said, 
I am very curious, and this is one of my three point or one of my four points. So it's not a huge thing about the film. It's just more about the buzz and the press. So if you have seen this film, please comment what you think. I'm just very curious to like open dialogue around it. I think the majority of what I've seen is like, this is an amazing film, blah, blah, blah. You should go watch it. It's so crazy. It's so insane. And I'm trying to figure out my own thoughts about it still. But I would say as a whole, I enjoyed it because of its absurdities and because of its randomness. It's very much like my kind of insane humor. But I think at some points it did get a little like, this is too random or if I would have just watched this and not known a thing about it being a potential award winner, I would have been like, I mean, an excellently done film, but like, did someone just make this when they were high? Like, did someone just write this as a college <laughs> final? on drugs. Yeah. So I'm just curious. Like, I do think it was so cool and eclectic and it were a refreshing win, honestly, for the Oscars. Um, and I, I did lean on liking the absurdity because it, it is truly just random. Uh, and then it came together kind of in a nice, like, there's there's the thread, but in a, a very absurd way. Okay, I'm going to get this out of the way early. Um, this is kind of, I've been trying to find the words to say this, um, but it was not what I expected. I mean, how can you expect that film? Overall, I think this was a brilliantly made film. As a filmmaker myself, I think the planning and execution yeah. to do that as well as they did in all the dimensions and all that, like it is so difficult to do time travel and multiverse jumping and all of that. And so like the cinematography, all that, and we'll get into it. I just want to sure. start with that to me was, was really well done in the filmmaking aspect but overall, since we're talking about the hype, I was disappointed. I did not like this film as much as I thought I would. I still don't know why. I'm going to watch it again for like a third time. And there's there's something that like it had, I don't know if it's about expectations. I like my expectations being low and then mm -hmm. the, like them being exceeded. Right. That's this what was I'm set so high right. that I went in like with that preconceived notion of, oh, this is a winner. This is going to be the best film I've ever seen. And when it wasn't, it was different, which I appreciated. But I think it lacked in so many places that I, I think the absurdity of it, they tried to go so extreme into that that they tried to cover pl other places that lacked, but I think I saw some places that lacked. And so I'm excited to talk about it in this podcast yeah. because there were some pieces that I was like, I don't think that's good filmmaking. And I want to call those out while still everyone don't tear me up in the comments. It is a good film. It is so brilliantly done, well done execution, all of that, what they tried to do they did it well. And this is a, a lot of maybe just my opinion and what I think is a good film. Well, no, I don't think you're inherently wrong. And I'm sure there's other people who like totally agree. And I would say that there was a moment when we were watching it and I was like, this is so funny. And like, they'll pace out things like something as silly as like a butt plug joke. And that was like the way that this guy had to land on this stupid thing would jump him to the next verse. And I thought some of those were very well executed silliness jokes. And I think that's cheap humor. Well, I was going to say, I think they did a couple that were good. And then there was one or two times that I was like, it's too many now. Like she was like picking her nose or something to jump into another universe. Like at some points the it was like... one was funny to you? I thought it was funny. I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> it's, it was cheap humor to me. I thought it was funny watching this like overweight security guard fly through the air in slow motion to try to land his butt on this... And the next guy comes in with a yeah, trophy like, and then she does this Matrix move to get them both out and all. Like, so some sure, of it, it was... Right. Some sure. of it was humorous, but then the trophies, it was like, all right, that's a little too much. And then there was a couple that was just like... I think you made the comment while we were watching is like, how do we know what is continuity and what is film at this point? Like mm -hmm. it was like, oh, if a PA walked on set, that would have been part of it. Like it was just a little too all over that I think it kind of lost some of the nature. Like, I guess what I'm saying is less is more with some of those cheap humor jokes or things that are a little absurd. Mm -hmm. A few less would have strengthened the brilliance of it, in my opinion. Yeah, so I was going to get into this later, but let's do it now because we're here. we're here. We're and here. And I, I think that's one of the places that they missed out because they leaned so heavily on the absurdity of it and the randomness that it went on for so long that I was like, I don't feel the characters developing. 
I don't feel the narrative being pushed forward. I don't feel like they were just leaning on crazy cinematography and jumping back and forth between the different universes and and the ways that they had to get there to be able to jump mm-hmm. and like and the first couple ones were cool and I was like, "Oh, you have to get paper cuts between your fingers and you have to like and I was like, "Okay, I understand. I understand." But then it they had to be super intentional at first by talking to the headquarters on like, "Okay, what do I need to do now to jump to the place to get the skill set that I need to be able to right, take on this task. Universe. And then it just became so random where I'm going to snort a fly and do this thing with my pinky and do like, and then they just randomly jumped to universes where they happen to have the skills. Yeah. To, and it just happened weird. again and again and again. And after like 40 minutes of just a fight scene where they're jumping around, I'm like, I'm like, I, I don't care about these characters anymore. I'm appreciating the cinematography. The, uh, the transitions are wonderful. But like, I don't care about this character because they're just fighting and fighting well, and fighting here's and doing another, something random and then fighting yes. again. Here's another point that you and I have talked about, about different things like Doctor Strange into the multiverse and Ant-Man and mostly Marvel I things. Think, I think this is my next point, but okay. go ahead. Go it's ahead. not on my list. So if you want to talk about it. You start it and I'll take over. But mainly we have just a little bit of like an aversion to anything that's like multiverse related right now because it feels so overdone that it's like if you don't save the world now this whole universe will die and it's like well then just go to the next universe and it cheapens human life and then it's not you can't like relate to them or grow any sort of empathy for those characters because another version of them will just die exactly exactly so (laughs) i take your point but i'm going to no i'll get more into this and like the biblical illusion of it later but i just want to touch on this that i I struggle with these types of films because there isn't a weight to loss, right? There's no weight in someone dying because mm-hmm. it's like, oh, somebody else, ex- like you exist in this other yeah, one. Or, a version we'll just of kill. you is yeah. somewhere else. And and so it takes away the like, never once was I tied to a character and their almost death or death or or adversion because or adversity or whatever they were coming in contact with because I was like, They've just painted such a huge multiverse universe, this universe, that universe, that I, I don't know, it loses weight. If if we're in a drama, say, like one of the other ones, that this is the only version of you that I have. Yeah. And there's only one of you. And there's a sacredness around you, a holiness about the design that God created, you and you alone. There's weight to that person's relationships, decision-making, death life love all of that it carries a lot more weight if there's just one and so once we start getting mixed up in all these i'm just like i don't care they died in this one but they're gonna probably come back in that one so yeah it's hard because i think i don't think that this film specifically went too hard with the multiverse stuff i do well, as far as like, they didn't show a million Evelyns doing a million different things. There was a couple. They literally did. She well, jumped all <laughs> well, universes okay, maybe to get all the Evelyn skill I guess sets. what I'm saying is I wasn't turned off by the multiverse aspect of this. I was turned off a little more by the complete randomness of the jumping to verses. I think that was the bigger throw off for me. Yeah. But then it, it didn't. So the main part of the story is her like fighting for her daughter's approval and love and acceptance while her daughter is the bad woman right well and yeah yes but i think there's a little thing i think it's like her daughter is a little suicidal and Mm -hmm. kind of like nothing matters because there's all these like kind of like what we're saying yeah her daughter was like all of this is crazy there's a million versions of me why does my life matter i created something i want to end it all basically and her mom's trying to prove that her life does matter Mm -hmm. but we don't really really get to that point until the last like 20 minutes when we're like oh her mom's actually trying to like save her daughter's life instead it's just like blah 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 (laughs) yeah and and so it's it it threw me it it i struggle to connect with those types of films at a level of how highly this one was praised because i don't think we can I think we can appreciate it more than we can connect with it, if that makes yeah, sense. I think, I think that the fair. story that they're trying to tell about mother-daughter's love, disapproval of generations, like they got into some, like I, I talk about depth in here at times and it's deep, mm-hmm. like, and it really tries to take on some some really important stories in really absurd ways. And I, I appreciate the crap out of that. Yeah. Uh, but it, it just missed the mark on, sometimes they just lean too much on everything else and how random it was that mm-hmm. I was like, tell me the story. 
Yeah, I would say there's um there was a couple times. I think it happened twice. And granted, I watched it in two separate days, so it might affect that too. But there was a moment where I was watching her fight karate through these different universes. And at one point, I just kind of got like mixed up. I was like, which Evelyn? Which universe? Is that still Joy? Is, Is that Jobu? Yeah. Like, I couldn't quite tell because the karate scene had gone on for so long and in so many different universes that I kind of got lost. So I I will say, I think that only happened one time and it was kind of like at the halfway mark of this nearly three hour film. So, I mean, I do think it was exceptionally done. And my next point was just editing. Like mm -hmm. the editing made it exceptional. It was really brilliant. And I think that saved it and made it the difference of some high kids college final versus like a really well done film that's unique to everyone who's seeing it like mm -hmm. no one has seen something like that um so i think that was something that was amazing and and they absolutely deserve the accolades for editing and, and their vision and the direction of that but 100 agree with that like i the first couple times when they went into the different universes and they did like that head tick thing mm -hmm. like just the amount of planning to get all of those different set locations costume designs for a half a second and it was screen clean time. and it, it was, was clean i was like framing yes. like all of that was brilliant. Um, I probably should have started a little bit more with the praise because honestly, it's a really cool film. Mm -hmm. But I, yeah, I it's I loved the editing. That was so really kept me in it. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't mean to keep jumping. I think we I will think be, we have to jump everywhere. We'll be jumping everywhere. These points are all mixed up. But it's not like it's a film that I'm gonna go watch again and again. Mm -hmm. It's like I know what happens. It is a little wild. Like I might watch the it one more. The only time. reason I would is to like catch some of those other quick sure. edits and clips and randomness but yeah I but it agree. didn't have that like all-encompassing charm of something that's like an instant classic or something that i'm like oh that tugged in my heartstrings it was just like it's instantly unique it made me laugh a number of times but i think those laughs would stop after the next time you know because like oh i know now but hot dog fingers aren't funny i thought those were funny and then play piano with your toes i i was starting I to felt like they sat with preschoolers and asked i was them getting the charm random. towards the end of like that's what they were saying is like Life is absurd. There almost feels like there's... That's what they did with their hot they dog fingers. They almost feel like there's no point, but don't worry. Like, uh, like there is a point if it means you and I get to be together for this moment. Like, that was mm. kind of that, like, okay, yeah. that does make sense. I, I almost <laughs> wish I could, and we almost should have uh, done two podcasts, one of just strict praise for this and then one of strict critique because Ooh. because I feel like the, the acting and... Um, so like Jamie Lee Curtis's Deidre yeah, her character, like, and seeing her in all the different universes and all of that, like it was, it was super fun to see that stuff. And so like, I, I wish I could go back and say, this is all the good stuff. Well, maybe is it I don't safe have time to on say, this podcast to tell everything. I everywhere. feel like, I think I know what I would say about it. I think every single person involved did their absolute best at their job. And it made it something so unique, but not a cohesive instant classic film for me. I think every actor did an amazing job. I think the directors did an amazing job. I think the editors did an amazing job. The cinematography, amazing. Like choreography, amazing. And I think that's why I'm like, I think that's why it won so much is because every mm. single person involved, I think, gave 110. And you can tell they were all like dedicated to this absurdity, which is the only way it works when like feet are playing a piano and hot dog dancing. I think that's the only way it works. But because they all each individually gave their best, it makes a good thing. But there mm. was no cohesion, maybe. I don't know. But that's the best I can come up with. And mm. all that is shaped in a giant everything bagel, of course, <laughs> that we all get sucked into. Of course, of course. And I, I think, I, so with acting, I know that they won and I know that they were great. They're great performances. I'm going to start there again. But you're so distracted by the cinematography and the costuming and the set design and the universes and trying to just understand what's going on that half the time I felt like she was just fighting and figuring out all these different personalities. Like, I, I feel like, sure, she had to do insane amount of stuff to be elegant in a dress watching screen, to be an opera singer, to be a sign, like, I, well done. I cannot do all of that. Like, congrats to you. That was phenomenal. But also, like, 
until the end when she actually felt like she was going to lose her daughter did I actually feel like there was a real emotion attached. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, she was just acting out all these other people, which again, is that good acting? But I want more of like the... Mm-hmm, the heartstrings. I, so this is kind of my point that I wrote was like, I struggle to attach to acting that doesn't seem humane. Hmm. And like if it's not like a human or like I could also access that emotion. Sure. And so I can relate to people who don't look like me and people who don't act like me and people who do different things than me as long as I can understand the emotional side of their their character that they're portraying. And I just feel like Evelyn's character was so caught up in doing all this stuff and what is my next jump that I, I never felt like I got to feel her act and sit with sit with her character for more than three minutes in a laundromat Mm -hmm. like I never got to see her as much as I wanted to like have her heart poured out for her family yeah we saw pieces of it I yeah I was gonna say I think at the beginning you see the overwhelm Mm -hmm. of like the stories like she's an immigrant her family's immigrant taxes and laundry right and that's just the whole world that they're in so you feel that overwhelm of like this is like what life is like for the working class. And then at the end, she we see her humanity come oh. back down about, I just went on this insane adventure and still my daughter, like, I'll let you go if it means yeah. that you get to choose me back kind of thing. Yeah. So I, I, I hear you because I do think there was, I think that was supposed to be part of it too, yeah. was that she went on this journey and at that moment she like tells her husband, man, like I never should have chose you. I would have <laughs> had this amazing life. I was an opera singer. I was a movie star. And mm. I shouldn't have listened to my dad and I should have done one of these other universes. And I think that's part of the growth. Absolutely. But it did get cool. lost in a lot of the like, yeah. now I pick my nose and I jump. Like to yeah. who, to where? Like. <laughs> yeah. And she just like learned everything so quickly. Um, yeah. So I, I guess I just, and this just might be me as a consumer of film and people can disagree, but like I, I genuinely struggle it, to see acting as good once you surround it by a bunch of fancy editing and colors and universes. And, and so that's like, it's difficult to say, but kind of like you were saying, and like, uh, Ant-Man, like I, I gotta mm-hmm. actually see the new one. I know you haven't yet. Wait, but when did you see it? I saw it at Filmapalooza. Oh yeah. 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 We're at a film like, festival. We've been together every day the last you month. You flew across the country and I was alone in California. So I decided to watch it. So you it. say Paul Rudd, it's yeah. you and me, buddy. But I feel like once there's so many distractions of other things that are good, like the CGI and the amazing battle scenes and all of that. And I, I, I don't see as much good acting in that, but when you slow something down, Sure. And you put them in a slower story. I feel like that's when I really lean into the acting and emotional side a little more. And so that just might be me as a consumer and what I prefer. Um, but like it's it's hard to see good acting consistently through like, a, I don't know, like a Star Trek film mm-hmm. where you'll see glimpses of it in very emotional scenes. But the whole thing throughout, I rarely see a strong performance because a lot of it's just battling and And in the sci-fi world. Yeah. Which I think is part of sci-fi as a genre. It's never supposed to be dramatic, empathetic. Like, it's supposed to be about the world. But then we'll get to this later because Ian's never seen Star Wars. You just lost all of our followers. (laughs) We're going to catch them up real fast. This week. But I was going to say sci-fi wise, Star Wars does that with character development, emotion. You actually like, oh, there's still human in this sci-fi universe. That's why I said Star Trek and not Star Wars because I know. Okay. I know that there's character development. But I was going to say, I think maybe as a genre, sci-fi is more about universe building, Mm. world building, and bringing people there. Um, I was going to say one more thing about acting. But real quickly, that's why I like Lord of the Rings, though, because there are a lot of slow paced things with some amazing epic battle scenes. But you get to sit with the characters. Well, yeah, that's the actor. Yeah, Legolas. Come on. Okay, somebody has never seen Lord of the Rings until Ah. recently. You've seen a couple of them. And Beyond Infinite. Okay. Okay, so moving on. So acting. He's got the long hair. Uh, Okay. When I grow up, my. Okay. We're going to have some uh, marriage intervention right now. Put your little elf ears on and ride a horse and we'll talk. <laughs> Deal. All right. I was going to say, I'm literally on my last point because we've kind of covered everything. And I've been jumping so okay. much. I, I haven't said any of my points yet, so <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay. Well, I was just going to say acting was basically exactly what you were talking about. What amount of it was buzz? What amount of it was talent? From a 
inspirational and aspirational actress standpoint, I personally loved it. Was I don't know if I'm pronouncing his name right. Kihu and Michelle Yao and Jamie Lee Curtis, they all won. And they've all been in the industry for literal decades and have never been nominated for Oscars. I might have to fact check that on Jamie Lee Curtis, but I don't think any of them have been nominated. And they've all had relatively like small or fizzly out kind of careers and roles. Like we all know Jamie Lee Curtis from all kinds of different Disney things growing up and kind of as that iconic mom Freaky Friday. Yeah. And then like... Yogurt commercials. Key Hugh. Yeah, let's say Key Hugh. And then Key Hugh in Indiana Jones as like a little boy and then goes on this crazy journey of acting in these minor, minor roles for years. And then Michelle, she was huge in the 80s. Yeah, she had this huge, like huge career in the 80s, but then kind of quickly was like, I'm not really getting cast in things, like make it because of discrimination or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like, unfortunately, that was her reality for a while. And so from the inspirational point, I was just like so overjoyed to see them all win. Yeah. And it was just like... have a comeback story. Yeah, it was so encouraging. But at the same time, and I can't say this fully because I haven't seen all the Oscar nominations, at least for Jamie Lee Curtis's win, I was a little surprised. I think her performance was excellent, but was there a better supporting actress in any of the other movies? I don't know. I haven't seen them, but I, w- I was a little surprised mm-hmm. because it was majority action yeah, in this and one. And she was a pretty one-dimensional character, but she did it very well. Like, she did it, it excellent. It cool. And she committed. Cool. Yeah. Like she committed. It, w- it did not look like her. But so did <laughs> Stephanie, who was who was Joy's yeah. character. Uh, Jobu, right? Yes. And so she was like the villain and the daughter, but she also was nominated for Best Supporting Actress. And I, I think she did, Better? Better. I, I saw some like emotional How change do you from pick, her. Though? And yeah. I think that's another thing the Academy probably considers is Jamie Lee Curtis has been here for forever. This girl's but very I wouldn't want to win because exactly. Of that. So it's like, really hard first... to know, like, out of all the actors, and I think we should go ahead and do the rest of the Oscar noms this year, at least wow, for best that's, picture. That's, uh, okay. Let's <laughs> watch them and then actually be able to say, like, was Jamie Lee Curtis the absolute best supporting actress, in our opinion, from all like six of those films? Maybe. She definitely committed, but I, I was just wondering yeah. kind of like that acting But she was buzz. just the angry yeah. tax lady. IRS like, and that was, Yeah. True. And, but her character was awesome. So is yes. that good acting? But at the same time. Or can anyone do and that? And this, this, this actually has more to do with the film than I was going to say. I was going to say this didn't have anything to do with it, but it, act, it absolutely does. All three of those leads who won and who were cast in these roles I'm just grateful that like they stand as an example of like perseverance in a very tough industry, like going against the grain. We have two like Asian American leads, which rarely happens, unfortunately, because of race- racism and bias and everything in film. And even older people, right? Yes. And I was going to say an age. Then we have Jamie Lee Curtis. And, and also these people are not like 20 years old. They're mm-hmm. like in their probably all 40s, 50s and more. 60s, yeah. 70s, So it was 100s. really encouraging, I think, for me, who's like newly into the film industry and just like as a creative to be like, you're not past your prime, which is exactly what she said. Like Michelle Yao said that. And she was like, don't let anyone tell you you're past your prime. Like we are mm-hmm. here to say that like, keep going, keep persevering. Even mm-hmm. if you have the smallest extras role in Indiana Jones. Or in I Can. Or yeah, in, Which you yeah. have your premiere coming up, right? Yeah. Which is why my hair is all good. <laughs> but it was just really encouraging to see these three people who all represent you know, age diversity, race diversity, ethnic diversity, background diversity, and they're all up there as Oscar winners. Like for that alone, my heart is so happy. So it was just very good on the directors and the casting agents for putting them in those roles Mm -hmm. and like letting them have the place to just literally go crazy. Yeah, because I mean, I I know once I outgrew the age range of like being able to be on Disney Channel, I was like, dang it, I didn't make it. Right? I think because, you like, could I don't still have a be chance. on Disney Channel as a, as a fun uncle. Oh, yeah. 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 Fun yeah. Uncle Ian. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like I thought that I couldn't make it. And then I was like, oh, now I can't play a high schooler anymore. So I missed I missed out on that. And so like now I'm missing out. And I'm almost 31. So now I'm like, oh, wait, what can I even play anymore? Are there even? And but yeah, it's not too late. But Robert De Niro doesn't need to be Troy Bolton. I'd like to see it. You know, like Harrison Ford <laughs> doesn't need to go be the young heartthrob in a movie like there's a time and place. Maybe the for old everyone. heartthrob for the movie. The old heartthrob. So all of that to say, like we're not 
past our prime. And it's really good to see, you know, people that have committed to the industry for a long time, um, that it's, they're able to be a part of such an incredible project. Cause this one, like, I think this will go down in history as like a unique film. Yeah. Um, maybe not necessarily a classic, but, uh, as one of the better ones out there, which I think again, just for uniqueness alone, like it's hard to tell an original story. And even though this one has pieces of, you know, the Marvel cinematic universe and multiverses and all of that, like, and the storyline is kind of basic and the fact that she's just trying to like understand her daughter who is depressed and to love her af- based off of the life she got. Like, sure. if you break it down to just yeah. what the story is, very simple. It's a fairly simple Filled plot in a very complicated An hour and a half world. of action and her being different people. Um, raccoon. Oh, the raccoon chef. I forgot about him. So, like, just random stuff, so right? So, Ian has an aversion to this raccoon that was, like, raccoonatouille. Raccoonatouille or something. There was the playoff of ratatouille, which I love ratatouille. Ratatouille's great. Ratatouille is great. But I know that you said that that, like, cheapened it for you. It did. I mean, it, it looked fake and animatronic, and then they jump on each other's shoulders and, like, cute. But they also did it for an hour and a half, at least, where it was just, like, Next weird thing, next weird thing, and it just lost. Yeah, I was gonna say that that raccoon was the only thing that cheapened it to me. Don't watch this film, guys. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. So please watch it for unique experience. Um, not if you're a child, though. We'll get to that. Yes. Um, do you have any? Yeah, I have some things. Yeah, I have some things. We're not done here. So we've talked a lot about how crazy and absurd and everywhere it was, and why it's good, why it's bad. Um. But I think why this film could could hit um, a little better for people and why people were attached to it is because of I want to talk a little bit, bit about biblical allusions and because um, that's kind of what we do on this podcast and ways that all that stuff's tied in. And the first one was just the mother's protection, right? Mm-hmm. Her willingness to um, protect her daughter and willing to sacrifice herself almost like she kept on putting herself in dangerous way every time that they were like this is too much you're pushing yourself too far this is like don't do it anymore you're gonna die and she's like well I have to to keep pushing through to save my daughter and then she herself went through an acceptance of bad to good to bad to good to keep fighting and like I think that that design and women is beautiful a mother's protection a mother's love and I, I think that that was really well done in this like in the midst of having a daughter that she doesn't understand a daughter that is gay in the film and and she like tries to protect her daughter in her way to her grandpa because she says oh he's a different generation he wouldn't understand Mm -hmm. but then she learns protection in a different way of how to love her daughter where she's at and so it just reminded me of like thankful that jesus loves me where i'm at and in my sin and where i'm at and what i'm struggling with and and doesn't leave me there, just like she kind of didn't leave him there. So that's kind of a switch to spirituality. But I was, it was hard to find some biblical allusions in this one. That's true. I was like, I didn't find hot dog fingers in the Bible. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, that I, was one of them. Okay. This is just an aside, but we talk about this sometimes. Are there aliens? Is there other life outside of Earth? And is that thought even like a biblically aligned mm-hmm. perspective? And one thought that we've, echoed is like okay maybe there's like water or plants maybe there are creatures but certainly no more humans and when we talk about this what we end up circling back to is like the bible's very clear that like jesus came to save the world and created the cosmos so we get these very big like real things in him in his in his image so i don't think there's any other human image bearers around there because if there were there'd be another jesus in another universe kind of yeah. Crazy. There's nothing with a soul or else they'd also need Jesus because yes. sin is real. So I think that just on that crazy big zoom out moment, we could attach that to scripture a little bit of saying like these sci-fi films are supposed to expand your imagination and go, what if there's another version of you and me in another planet existing, living, thriving with hot dog fingers or whatever? And as as absurd as that sounds like still choosing love and family and some of those like christ-like attributes where god has you right yeah. in your situation and I think, you know in a in a very silliness way that's kind of what we could assume from this is just like no matter what the world looked like like what if humans were green and that was purposeful or what if we all had six fingers like i've always thought about that as a kid when i would draw humans i was like why are we this way like god why did you make me have two eyes and not three (laughs) like whatever we think is normal 
if there was other life forms, it might be not normal to them kind of thing. But either yeah. way, God is supreme and those same attributes in whatever absurd universe there might ever be, I would choose to believe that like God still would be obsessively loving those people and like that that never changes, you know? Uh-huh. Yeah, sure. <laughs> as far as you can so, travel through any multiverse, God <laughs> loves you very much. <laughs> yeah. So kind of what I said to that point is in, in this one, um, when there's too, ma- too many dimensions, I think we lose the weight of how much God loves us, right? And so in this world, I'd already talked about like sacrifice not being important if there's, you know, millions and trillions of other multiverses, but like God so distinctly loves us and gave his son for us here for you on this planet. Like you matter. You're not just uh, another version of you in another multiverse that, that God doesn't care about if you're over there or over here. Like, no, he made you as you are, where you are, to grow and to be sanctified and fall more in love with him. So like God cares about you in this world, in this dimension. And that's what I know for truth. Mm-hmm. And so like I can speculate all I want about other dimensions and stuff, but you matter in this one, even though that this film kind of makes it seem like other dimensions don't matter as much. And it's like, sure, if you want to go there and like imagine that to be true, like you have a soul and you're made in the image of God and God loves you here where you're at listening to this, like in this moment. Period. So that's real, and that's where I'm going to land on that one. <laughs> I think um, Ian can't do any more multiverses for today. Yeah, I, it doesn't hurt my brain that much. I just, I don't know. I care about people and experiences here that I just, I lean that way uh, a little a little more. Um, one of my last points, I have two more points, if that's okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them was something that I think this was cool that it taught us was to understand new experiences and like to want to press into new experiences. Like she had to become a chef and become a yeah. a sign twirler and become all of these different things and try all these new things. And even though she was stuck in this mundane life, like I think this film encourages you to try new experiences and I to agree. try new things. And, and so like, I know all of you out there have imagined yourself as something else or doing something else or like your big dream, maybe that you haven't achieved or trying this thing or dating that person or status followers, whatever it is. Um, I mean, if you have good intentions and you have a good heart and you're just like aiming towards Jesus first and foremost, I say go try these new experiences. I mean, they were exciting for her, but also don't neglect where you are now. Mm-hmm. Don't don't forget the life you have now, the people you have now, the husband you have now, the the kids you have now, the experiences, the job, the whatever. Like don't neglect that, but it is okay to strive for something else um, if God is calling you to that. So yeah. I thought that was pretty cool that she like leaned into her past and where she was and tried to find things to appreciate there. Evelyn did with the yeah. laundromat and all of that, but also was like, whoa, there is a lot more out there. So what if I went and like tried this out? I think too, that also like adds this fun layer of at the beginning, we see she's stressed and overwhelmed with taxes and running a laundromat and caring for her family and her husband's like wanting to get a divorce because essentially he's like, you're not happy. You've ignored me. You only talk to me when it comes to business stuff. And through those new experiences where she got to experience all kinds of versions of herself, I think she kind of maybe got out of her brain when it comes to the day-to-day grind, which I think is a good lesson for most people who are stuck in like a nine to five that every day feels the same, going through the motions, like go to work, do this, go to work, do this. And you can really narrow your vision especially when it comes to loved ones and like she Mm -hmm. was unintentionally shutting out her daughter her husband and then trying to please her dad so we had this like family narrative of like i'm trying to make everyone happy but i'm inadvertently pushing my daughter away and my husband's wanting a different future because i'm not here for him emotionally so it was like a whole kind of thing that i think you're right like those new experiences added to her life and then she Mm -hmm. even came back all the way down to still running a laundromat and still being there in the same circumstances, but her experience was richer and her outlook was cleaner because she got to like get out of her head and then boil back down. Yeah. Maybe that's all people need sometimes is just like one way to refresh your whole perspective. And if you come back and do the same day to day motions, yeah, like at least you have a more joy filled, inspirational view of it and it can, it can kind of reshape everything. Yeah. So my last point um, was I was t- I was going through all these points and this is probably probably the one that I'm like most excited um, about was I literally just wrote what 
the end. That's that's all you need to know about this film. What? <laughs> so yeah, I was typing on my points. I was just like, oh my goodness, I need to watch this again. Um, not craving to. I will at one point. I want to again with a lens that wasn't so cynical, maybe because it just threw me a couple times. And then I started just kind of like, I really tried to pay attention because I knew we were doing this podcast on it. But I was just like, man, what? You lost me. I think yeah, what is happening? I don't care anymore. So. It will be a cult classic in the sense that Napoleon Dynamite and Monty Python have made their own yeah. way. Distinct way. Yeah. yeah. It's or Princess it's Bride. A version, it's got right? a specific humor. It's got a specific following. And yeah. it's quirky and silly and whatever mm-hmm. and still has a tie. And I think this is one of those yeah. that will maybe even pave the way for more action adventure sci-fi films yeah. to get on Oscar. Stay out of multiple dimensions, please. Oh, my gosh. I think we've had enough I'm of over the multiverses. It. We just had, had so much. I don't care. The last thing I wrote about it. Well, two things. Unex- my summary is it's unexpected, but not entirely unpredictable, but also a little predictable. Yeah, that's actually very well put. Yeah, that's it. Like I knew they that's were all going to figure it out by the end and the family would be reunited because they would not just let it all go to this great lengths for her daughter to just leave. Yeah. But the whole time it was unexpected, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I never knew it was going to come next. Yeah. And then I laughed a couple of times when that's just the most random thing yes. happened. The and other thing I was going to say that I found charming because we were you were i think you fell asleep at this point but it was just going and was the piano toast was that charming i thought that was so funny to me honestly but it's just going 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 craziness and you said before you went to bed you were like i'm just like waiting for it to land and the moment that it landed for me was when the bagel showed up Oh my gosh, not the bagel. But when the husband and wife when the raccoon were in up. the alternate universe where she was like a movie star and he was in a tuxedo and he was saying, maybe at some point we could try dating together, even if life just looks like doing taxes and yeah, folding laundry. That one was cool. Oh, I had like, I got emotional because I was like, that was a cute moment where it brought all of that crazy wildness down to like, even if life is as boring as this, more boring than you can get. I just want to do it with you. Yeah. And I think that was inspiring to hear as someone who works upon a bunch of different jobs and ways. And it's like our lives could go a million different directions. But even if they do, and even if they don't, like there's no one I'd rather do the boring stuff with. And that's when you know, like you found love and like friendship and connection is when you do the most boring thing like taxes with someone. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this tax season. Let's go. Okay, but you just you just said it yourself that you're looking forward to you. doing it with me. I don't love taxes. <laughs> All right, so let's jump into our quick uh, scoring. Score time. And this one is all over the place for me. Yeah, same. Okay, so which overall is last, right? Yeah. Okay. Want to kick us off? Yeah, let's do family friendly. Three. I'm actually gonna go down one. Okay. I'm, I'm gonna go down one. Yeah. One, two, three Four. out of ten. Yeah, four and a three. Yeah, yeah. I didn't think it, it's just not just don't watch it with your kids. It's wild. It's weird. There's, there's language. There's sexual yeah, objects. Yeah. Nothing that was. It's like, not worth it for a kid right now. Yeah, nothing that would be appropriate for anyone under mm-hmm. fourteen, and even like it just depends on like what you're comfortable with. Yeah. Nothing that was like absurdly inappropriate, but probably just some some imagery you don't want them seeing. Uh, let's jump to cinematography. Okay, three, two, one. Nine. Nine out of 10. point four. So yeah. I thought the cinematography was beautiful. The lenses, sometimes they had some like rain and blurriness over on the sides of the screens. Like I was watching a bunch of stuff and I know they didn't always use the highest end cameras when like the directors are just walking through city streets with little tiny cameras to get all the effects and stuff. But like beautiful. Really I mean, hard every, to do better. Every. Yeah. Even the angles they chose, like... I was going to say, planning. The cinematography made this film for me, for sure. And I think the directors... The planning. The Daniels, both the, guys named Daniel. The Davids, the Daniels, Wait, we it's don't the know. the Daniels, right? Yeah, I think so. But I think that was very well deserved because mm. it's rare that you can clearly see good direction in a film. And I think this was one of those where that planning really, like, came through. And as a, as a very clear, we had this vision, let's execute it with this absurd way. Yeah, it is the Daniels. Okay. Quan and Shinert, Sheenert, something like that. Um, so next, yeah, cinematography was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I love the cinematography and it's worth it just for that alone. Um, real quickly on this point as well, I was impressed that 
Like they could have gotten lazy and then like had some seconds where, you know, she tumbles down the stairs and she just tumbles down the stairs because she's in a wild outfit. But then they change the color of her outfit on every step. Like the yes. little details of everything random was it felt intentional. Yes, it really did. And it's hard to make randomness feel intentional, but the randomness still was kind of too much for right me. and can you imagine so, as an actress being like all right to keep track of tumble it. down the stairs all right change outfits tumble down the stairs again well, yeah they probably did seven, it seven ten CGI times too. you know like i don't know change all right change your hair and makeup tumble down the stairs yeah. again like it's continuity wild. just thinking of those your head editors. Here, yeah <laughs> it's that was wild but cinematography wonderful um let's go to acting okay mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. nine out of ten seven point six so i lost my co-host would you like already, to tumble down the stairs nine times in nine different outfits? I already have. Well, it was like five different outfits, but... I think they all did as best as you could do in a role like that. And that's what I'm saying is the... I don't think the story invited heavy acting ability. I think that the people that were in it were the perfect ones for it. And I, I thought they were great. But I've seen some amazing films that like... Like Angelina Jolie's performance in Changeling. I think it was like 2009 and she was in this film uh, from like the 20s and she played a mother. And like that performance is not talked about and it was, I think, far better than any performance in this film. And so like, I think it was just because the story allowed for her to act more. That's true. And I, I just think the story, I think the acting was brilliant, but the story didn't let them get better than a 7.6. I... They disagree. did a 10 out of 10 for their the type of story that was provided for them. Right, which is but, where I gave my score. I okay. was like, in this script, I don't think it you was could perfect. do better. Yes. In this script, I think it I was I think everyone great. committed 110%. I would give them a 9.2 out of 10 so not comparing if it, it was to other, in this story. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Um, yeah, for what they were given, I think they nailed it. I really do. And I completely agree with that. But yeah. I think overall, compared to other performances I've seen because of stories allowance of better acting... Uh, that's where I landed in the mid sevens. So, all right, let's do depth real quickly. And then overall. So this one was actually hard for me to score. Cause I went from like a four to a nine. I was like, I don't know. Uh, so what'd you put? I put five out of 10. I did 7.8. And I think just because of, if you sit with it and try to get all the nuances of all the multiverses and what they were really trying to say, I think you could go deep with this. There's film. probably more. Yeah. I don't think I've given it enough time to understand how deep it probably does go. Mm hmm. And so I ranked it higher, but what about your five? Yeah, I was thinking five because the plot itself. It's pretty one dimensional. It, oh, well, I'm just kidding. <laughs> the plot itself didn't take too much brain power, but we also didn't get it really until halfway through. Mm -hmm. We were like, okay, she's just like running around because there's this like unnamed villain. And then we're like, oh, it's her daughter. And then we're like, oh, her daughter's trying to suck herself into a bagel and wants to take her depressed mom with her. And her mom's like, yeah, there's no meaning to life anymore. I guess we'll just hop into this bagel. And the disapproving grandpa then grabbed them with toaster arms that he made out of office appliances or whatever. <laughs> yeah, like so it was just like, I think the plot itself at its core is like, trying to understand someone and be understood and find a purpose in this somewhat purposeless feeling life sometimes. Mm -hmm. And that was like the, the core purpose and the yeah. core plot. And yeah. so it's not super deep, but then the way but it leans they into it, yeah, other yeah. themselves and other dimensions and what they're experiencing and all that they're going through. And I think, right. I think you could dig and find some stuff. All right. Maybe I'll change with 5.5. Like, you know, it's what fun. What does hot dog fingers mean? I can't get over that, y'all. I loved it. It was so funny. Just so random. And they kept going back to it. Okay. You're talking to the girl who had a YouTube page that had a video called The Fruit Loop Flower, where I grew Fruit Loops onto Grood. Daisy. You, you Wait. <laughs> and that's I, it for this episode. <laughs> I glued Fruit Loops onto Daisies, and I tried to make, like, the next, like, big internet sensation. Like, you know, like, octopus, like, the tree octopus? There was like, okay, I have always liked random things. That's yeah. who you're talking and that's to. Probably why so you that's why I like the hot dog me. fingers. That was and funny. I like intentional things. And I feel like this film was more intentional than I gave it credit for. But it was, it was tough. I would like hot dog fingers for breakfast. Thanks. All right. What's your overall score? All right. Overall score, I said 8 out of 10. I gave it an 8.3. Okay. I mean, the cinematography carried it. The acting was great, again, for the story that they were given. Um, the editing, phenomenal. And I think that alone, I was like, 
a well-made film. Yeah. And they leaned into something new and unique, and I give them credit there. I could give them credit where credit's due. Um, yeah. I, yeah. I'd like to sit with the Daniels and ask why they kept going into the randomness as much as they did, because it lost me. Mm-hmm. Or even if they cut out 10 minutes of a fight scene, mm-hmm. that would have maybe polished it up for me. I agree. And been like, boom. It still is like, wow, this is so random. But um, I just, yeah, didn't get lost in the middle yeah. of it. So I, th- I I think it's a brilliant film. Uh, guys, you can hate on me in the comments, but overall, I gave it an 8.3 uh, yeah. out of 10. Really, really good. Really, definitely like worth the watch at some point in your life uh what a what a crazy mm-hmm. ride and and so eclectic it's gonna go down yeah. in history as like that one sci-fi film that won the watch Oscars. it watch it with someone watch it while you're yeah. high no, <laughs> get some edible no we do not <laughs> encourage that y'all watch um, it while you've had like six cups of coffee like try it in yeah. these different environments yeah i don't no, know take a bath and eat some pizza like do something random Ooh, while you're yes, i don't good. know but all that to say Good film. Should you cue this up in your cinema queue? I would say so. Heck I mean, yeah. it's original. It's unique. It's fun. It's wild. It will. It'll make you think, which I, I do appreciate about films. But I don't think it was because of the story. I think it was because of the cinematography. Not even necessarily the worlds that they built. So, yeah, I liked it. I liked it too. I would recommend. Wouldn't put it past a bunch of other films, but you should cue it up especially because it's relevant to right now and the conversations going on. Definitely. So that's all for today's podcast. Coming up next, we're very excited to start doing bite-sized versions of these podcasts. We know that... And they won't have as many spoilers. Yes. We know that it's hard because some of you have seen these films and are ready to like dive into the depths. And other people are like, wait, I was actually going to watch that movie. I don't want it spoiled, but I want to hear your thoughts. So we are going to do something called Kernels because popcorn kernels... India's idea, as you can tell. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) And these are going to be smaller bite-sized episodes, probably less than 15 minutes, Mm -hmm. where we give a non-spoiler overview and quick kind of rundown on where a show or film should go in your cinema queue. So next up, I'm going to do an episode on Bridgerton, the Netflix sensation, and kind of give my thoughts on whether you should watch it, if it's... uh, if it is something that's appropriate for people who are Christians, if it's worth your time and effort and kind of just my overview thoughts without spoiling Bridgerton. So that'll be our next one. And And we're excited. Yeah. And so a lot of those kernels, it will be just one of us. So that will be India alone. And because we do actually watch shows and movies, uh, without the other person, like I love Peaky Blinders, but it's not something you want to expose yourself to kind of why we're doing this podcast is what should and shouldn't you and why. And, and so, I love rom-coms yeah, and he and does not. I just will watch them because I love her. So, <laughs> uh, so yeah, you will probably be seeing just India on that one. But on Kernels, it'll be a lot of uh, solo things. But um, yeah, catch India on the next podcast for her Kernel. And then uh, she'll keep you up to date on what's next. So Can't thanks wait. for joining in, guys. And this has been Cinema Q. See you next time. Mm-hmm.